I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 6th, 2021. The only thing we have to The economic health of this nation has been... The excessive decline Greed. in the dollar, for lack of a better word. A late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Good paying jobs. Good This is Money Talks. Money Listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Michael Griffin and Jennifer Thomas, both of whom are CFP certificates. That is correct, Troy. Did I get it? Good I nailed job. that, right? Michael, am I missing anything? Do you have anything else? You didn't get that CWS, did you? I did not. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fine, Troy. Just rub it in. I don't have anything else. Just a CFP. No, no, no. I mean, I worked very uh, hard to well, get that, Troy. Well, there's quite you know, a few that's, people that's, at Hensler Financial that have a certified wealth strategist uh, <laughs> designation. I didn't know if you were among them. I think Troy's trying to tell me I need to go back and get some more <laughs> letters behind my uh, name. Michael, <laughs> you're always a little too sensitive. I, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm I won't bring kidding. it up again. I'm kidding. I hey Jennifer, care. we're gonna cut yes. we're gonna cut Michael's mic off now, and uh, just you and I are gonna talk for the rest of the show. Uh, he's a little bit too touchy. Today. I'm kidding. Okay, good, good. Michael, I know you're a, you're a good sport about things most of the time. Um, maybe it's because you only have the CFP. Probably true. <laughs> Probably. That's, that's fair, Troy. All right. Uh, yeah, the rest of the rest of those folks just spend too much time on their own studying, right? Yes. And well, you're I mean, you're a social critter. Maybe, maybe. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to you know help my clients in the best way. You know, I'm focused on them. You know, that's that's my main focus, Troy. It's just you know all my clients. Well, them and aren't you going to be a new daddy soon? I am. Yeah. Well. Yes. That's a that's a big life changing event you about got. Headed your way, uh, yeah, Jennifer. You probably sleepless nights coming soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody yeah. always mentions all the negative things, but I will be the first nah. to tell you, kids are a blessing. It's it's the the best thing I ever did. I'll put it that way. Well, they uh, are, and but, I miss I miss those middle of the night snuggles. So yeah. Well, we're very excited for the little girl that's going to be joining us sometime in March. Oh, I mean, we're we're less than yeah we're less weeks than away two months away at this point yeah wow. oh and she's uh, you know measuring a week early so um, hmm. my wife thinks she'll be born right around St Patty's Day we'll see oh there you go well oh that would be fitting for you wouldn't yeah it? you always celebrate <laughs> yeah St Patrick's Day pretty uh pretty heavily right. Uh, well, you know, it's the Irish Catholic in me, but yes, yes, I have. And growing up in Savannah, so you know, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal there. We'll just we'll, we'll, we can tell her for years that the parade is for her. Yeah, you you yeah. planned it accordingly, right? <laughs> That's right. Hey, why not? She'll believe it for a while. She will. She will. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's talk a little about financial markets. I uh, I know it's not nearly as exciting as what you got going on, Michael, and and I mean that in the most sincere way. It's uh. It's cool to have kids, especially yeah. your first. Um, well, thank you, Troy. 
year to date, S and P 500 up 2.99 percent. Energy leading the pack up 11.26 percent. Uh, consumer discretionary is up a little more than five percent, and staples, as well as its um, other similar bond-like uh, sectors, are down 3.76 percent. That's uh, so far in this relatively new year. Man, it's February already. I mean, we're like a week into February. I mean, look, look at energies, though. I mean, that, you know, in a way, that's crazy. I but, know. you know, I mean, it's going up in the market. It's also going up at the, at the, going pump. Up the pump a little bit. Yeah, you're going to see that. And, uh, you know, we, we saw uh, crude oil prices peak uh, this week over 55 bucks a barrel. Um Goldman Sachs late last year had said they believe we'll see 65 bucks a barrel in 2021, and uh, I can imagine we will. Were they anticipating the pipeline shutdown when they, when no, they I don't, picked $65 a barrel? No, I don't think so, because that was at a time before, um, you know, my, well, it might have been right around the time of the election, but, you know, it was still definitely before uh, the the final Senate races were done Understood. here in Georgia. So, uh, you know, that I don't believe that was the anticipated uh, uh, experience that they had uh, basically forecast. But um, I just wonder know. if they've revised that number since the uh, pipeline got shut down. Yeah, hard to say. I have not heard anything. I mean, it might be a little, it might end up a little higher than that. Could be. Uh, our Biggest oil price ever came in 2008. I think we were over $140 a barrel. I don't want to get back there again. Yeah, we were seeing prices at the pump over no. 3 bucks a gallon. So uh, I don't think we're going there. But uh, if you look still over the last 12 months, energy's down 16%. Um, although the market on whole is up 19.29%, almost 19.3%. So uh, information technology... All of last year and still is is uh, measuring as the big winner there, up 38% plus. Consumer discretionary is up 36. So, um, you know, numbers big. Uh, if you look just over the last five days, 2%. So, uh, you know, end of the show. What do you think I'm going to say, Michael? Yeah, the market's up next week. Uh, financials actually had a great week this week, up 4%, leading the market. Uh, healthcare down 0.65%. I'm still kind of baffled at what happened to healthcare in the last 12 months. Um, you know, if you if you look at the details, who would have think who would have thought you have a pandemic? I was going to ask that. That was literally going to be have, my question. Yes. And you have negative. You know, it's not necessarily negative, but it's not the leader down uh, up rather 15% in the last. It's not, and months. we've seen we've seen some healthcare stocks go up, just not all of them. Right. Um, obviously, it's it's all about. <clears throat> part of it is about uh, political administration, but part of it is about in uh, 2020 at least. Uh, it was about the fact that a lot of those. Uh, optional medical procedures were put off. That's and fair. Who wanted to go to the doctor because the doctor's where you find COVID, right? That's that's true though. But I've actually talked to some some clients who are doctors, and they have they have said that you know some of them who you know work in the more you know the field you know where they need to be helping the COVID patients. They're obviously busy, but the people that are doing the elective surgeries and stuff haven't been yeah. Uh, overly busy now you know they can move and go different places if they want to but some of these people that have been working for years and years and years don't necessarily want to do that as they're you know moving toward 
retirement and yeah. stuff like that. So. Um, you know, as we look forward, what I what I did notice this week is uh, the United States is a, has uh, vaccinated over 33 million people, uh, like 33.8 million, uh, which gets us a little over 10% of the total population has been uh, vaccinated. Uh, if you add the fact that 27 million uh, have had COVID and I think uh, over 400,000 of them uh, passed, uh, but if you look at the numbers, we're getting close to 20 percent. Um, that herd immunity number mm-hmm. is is been said to be around 70 percent. Uh, if things progress as they have so far in the last couple of months, uh, also including a Johnson and Johnson vaccine, mm-hmm. it's uh, said to be able to. They're going to be able to produce maybe a hundred million. Um, uh, Vaccines as well as as the two that were already there uh, in the next month or maybe by the end of the first quarter at least. Um, if you think about all that's going on, we should get pretty close to herd immunity in four or five months uh, if everyone is willing to take the vaccine. And I that's know true. there's a lot of folks that aren't, that but are. um, you know it's it's still those that uh, that are willing. I think will. Jump out there. Uh, some of the numbers we saw out of Israel, I think uh, Israel's actually uh, vaccinated over 65% of their population, but they're still having issues because of uh, large gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've been discouraged from doing that, but uh, again, many of them based on religious freedoms are, are still gathering. Right. And, and we're um, social creatures. I mean, people, people want to get together. I mean, it's been hard on, on all of us not not to get together, but I mean, I certainly want to reach that herd immunity. I'm certainly ready to get back to, yeah. to doing things. Um, I, at least, probably at least every day, or not every other day, I'm talking to a new client that have that has received the COVID vaccine. Yeah, yeah. at least the first one, and then you know they're scheduled for the right. for the second one in yeah. you know three to four weeks. Uh, but it's been pretty much daily. Yeah, I was so in. A, that's, that's you you bring that up. I was in a meeting with uh, clients this week that told me that uh, they had received both of theirs, which I, that's a first. Um, I think my. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I had one yesterday. They got their second uh, yesterday. Mm. Yeah, and and that's, well, that's this good. was really new. So this was like two or three days prior. They got theirs. Had a little bit of a uh, reaction. Um, uh, for a day, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a headache, you know, some of the same things that we're hearing, a little bit of body ache, headache. Um, Mild fever yeah. is what I've been told. And then, you know, they it seemed to have passed. But uh, I, I really believe that this summer is going to be uh, a whole lot more normal than last year for sure. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you know, that that's probably the biggest... The biggest expectation and uh, probably one of the biggest economic drivers that we could have, and uh, I really do think that we're gonna we're yeah. gonna welcome in Michael's new addition to the family in uh, in much better form than we have seen I, over the last. I, I certainly year and so. Half. We can get back out to the restaurants, get get keep those open, and and keep the economy booming. Yeah, no doubt we. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it myself. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we've got a dog of the week. Money Talks. We'll be right back.
Please, this is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, this week we have a dog of the week, and this week's dog of the week is actually a bird. This is, uh, you know, I've kind of wandered off the beaten path with this one. Usually I can tie it back into, uh, you know, current events. Economic, if I can, financial, if if uh, I'm really good. This time it's, uh, maybe it, you can tie this into economics. So, uh the Texas Department of Parks and Wildlife have been getting a lot of reports lately seeing uh, certain birds um, that are in the area. At the moment, they're they're not always in the area, but uh, these birds seem like they're, you know, they, they'll land and then stumble around a little bit. They they act like they're having drunk? a new, They act drunk, Michael. Okay. Drunk, I was specifically. Just, I was... I was Want to clarify that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, the story comes out of the UPI uh, and notes that uh, what has happened is cedar waxwing birds actually migrate south in the in the winter, like many birds do. Makes sense. Uh, these cedar waxwings are uh, common in North Texas, and uh, they really have seen a lot of these birds um, where they're they're drunk, literally. From, from what? So they eat berries. Okay. The berries this time of year are those that are kind of the late leftovers. They get too ripe. They, they ferment. A little bit. The birds are eating fermented berries, and their people are noticing they're drunk. But this year, the reason that they believe that uh, the instances of reports are up is because people are working from home. They see them. They're not in some big <laughs> tall building. People are observing the birds being drunk. They said that it's very common. This happens every year. Hmm. So, uh, but nobody ever notices. Nobody <laughs> notices, but we notice today because we're at home. But the birds, uh, you know, they're commonly in that area from December to April, and then they start flying back north. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty strange. So at least it's, the, to it's me. the bird's favorite time of year, pretty much, is what you're telling me. <laughs> they, they They're like, it. we're going to Texas, we're going to party. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking it wasn't intentional, Michael. Is this Michael? South Padre Island, by chance? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's further south than the report is, uh, is uh, leading me to believe. But, uh, you know, it's it really is strange what you can notice when things around you change. I remember back in uh, April and May of 2020... Uh, looking out my window and thinking, man, the sky is absolutely awesome. And then thinking even deeper and thinking, there are absolutely no chemtrails in the sky right now. There have been no airplanes flying. Um, but it is strange that, you know, it takes a takes a pandemic for you, for you to notice drunken birds. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. where we are. That's true. You know, maybe those people in Texas need to quit looking out of the window so much and focus on doing their job. Focus on eating their berries, you know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's it's just strange to me. This was something that the uh, Department of Parks and Wildlife knew was very common, and it wasn't common knowledge to the rest of the world. But yeah. that there you shows, have it. That shows how unobservant most people are Unless they have most of the time. Most of the time. Right. Absolutely. Just, just throwing that out there. All right, well, uh, we do have a uh, situation we wanted to talk about today. And this, um, believe it or not, comes from our good friend Bill Murray, who uh, 
who wrote us. He's He's been uh, a friend of the show for a long time, and we're appreciative of that. Uh, he says, back in the 90s on WGST, that was a long time ago, uh, Dr. Gene taught us uh, to dollar cost average into the Vanguard Index Trust 500. Uh, I'm very happy that I followed his advice. 30 years later, I'm contemplating withdrawals from a Vanguard brokerage account, a traditional IRA, and a Roth IRA, so he's diversified pretty well. Um, All three of them are invested in diversified equity mutual funds. In what order should one tap his funds? Please comment on good exit strategies for senior citizens. Bill, are you really a senior citizen? I mean, I, I, surely you're a, a young, vibrant guy. Um, don't, don't be so harsh on yourself. Uh, leaving an inheritance for the next generation is not a prime objective. So uh, um, I don't pretend to know anybody's situation, but it is a great uh, question, right? So you've got taxable, you've got a traditional IRA, which is go, the money goes in, Pre-tax, right? You don't you get taxed. To, and then you have to take that out at, at 72. You have to start taking required minimum distributions. Right. So, so, Bill, the first thing I'd say to you is if you are 72, then, you know, that would be the first place I would start and take your required minimum distribution. Yeah. It's a regulation that you must follow, except last year. Except last year. And, and this new administration hasn't hasn't said anything about you know, extending that to this year. Right, yeah. Um, so we assume it's we're back to normal, right? We, we do at this point. I mean, I've gotten a lot of client questions about that, not to digress off, off this topic, but a lot of people have asked about that so far. Nothing with that. So okay. start there. Um, you know, and then... And, and you do that because you're absolutely required to take that. Right. So, you know, that's why that we want that to be the first place. But if you're not 72 yet... Then where would you take it from? Definitely would start with the the taxable account, the the brokerage right. account. Um, start there, and we hope that you have you know some of this money set aside in in fixed income. And uh, you, like you said, you've listened to the show for a long time, so you know our ten year rule philosophy, and know that we think that any money that you need to spend within the next ten years needs to be in fixed income investments. Um, so we're hoping that you're you know taken from that uh, bucket. Um, and, you know, not having to, to sell any stock to do this. Um, you know, the Roth is the last place that we would uh, advise you to take it. Uh, you know, that that's not going to be taxed to you at all. It, it continues to grow tax-free um, without without any issue. But, um, you know... One thing that I'll ahead, mention, uh, not to cut you off no. there, but one of the things that he really pointed out is leaving an inheritance for the next generation is not a prime objective. So while the normal way that we would pull money is that you pull money from the taxable first until you reach your the age of where, when you have to take a required minimum distribution. Then you're going to take it from the IRA first. And then if you needed more money, you would supplement it from the taxable account. And the last place as Michael mentioned, would be that you take it from the Roth. But if he if he's not trying to leave the, any money for the next generation, he could, after his required minimum distribution, look at his tax bracket and see if I took, you know, if he needed additional money, maybe pulling a portion from the taxable, but then pulling another portion 
from the Roth would keep him in a lower tax mm-hmm. bracket. So he could kind of play around with that a little bit. So is um, there is there a theory behind why we would use the taxable first? Is it Well, you the money in the retirement accounts is growing tax free. Okay. So we typically leave that in there as long as possible. I see. Just to let it grow without the burden of tax. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And one of the main reasons for the Roth is that you're leaving it for your heirs, and they wouldn't have to pay tax on it when they made the withdrawal. Gotcha. Correct. But if you don't want to leave it to any heirs, um, I, I can certainly tell you how to spell my name, or uh, <laughs> you know, take a, take a little bit from from each account, making sure that you satisfy the the required minimum distribution. This is the part of the show thing. that uh, Michael is now using to. Um, fund his child's education. Hey, his, you know what? His soon-to-be first daughter's education. Got to do it somehow, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One other thing I would mention is that if you're, if the goal really is, you know, um, you know, one of, you know, a lot of people want to pass away and uh, and have like an owe a dollar at the end you know they want to make sure that they've spent everything the last check bounces if your goal is really to try to if his goal is really to try to spend as much of the money as possible he might want to have a set of financial plans run to kind of give him an idea of you know whether his funds based on what he's currently spending are going to be are are they going to last through his life expectancy or are they going to continue to grow and where he could actually be using more money right now if he wanted to? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We, we run our plans to show our clients spending what they tell us they spend. And then it also has a max spending number. And that's kind of what Jennifer is alluding to. So, you know, if he had a financial plan run, you know, and it could show, well, you're spending fifty thousand dollars a year, but you can actually spend a hundred. And if he really doesn't want to leave any money uh, to to his heirs or to anyone else uh, at his passing, then maybe he should start spending a hundred. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, because if if you're really spending fifty and you can spend a hundred, that that not that one hundred numbers is just just going to continue to grow mm-hmm. because you're not depleting any assets. They're growing faster than you can spend them. I got you. You guys usually run that projection out to like the age of ninety-two. Is that correct? We we do, yeah. and then and then yeah. if 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 we need to, we we also extend it out. You know, to sometimes possibly a hundred, depending on the age of of the client. Yeah, and probably their wishes on the projection. Absolutely. Right? All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break right here. When we come back, we'll answer some financial questions. Stick around for this and the money talks. Stop, stop. The sharp drop in economic activity caused by closures and other forms of social distancing. When the world changes, you know what to do. This This is is Money Talks. All right, we're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with Michael Griffin and Jennifer Thomas. Uh, 
We've been talking a little bit about uh, a situation that uh, um, our good friend Bill Murray uh, brought up to us. You know, we dollar cost average into the market, and now he's trying to think about an exit strategy and how that should work. Um, if you have your own financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works. Uh, you'll call that number, you'll get our recording, our voice message, if you will, uh, at the beep. You'll leave your um, your question uh, as well as anything else you'd like. Uh, we'll play the question on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer then to talk to a human being instead of the, the uh, automated question hotline, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will take down your information and send it to us. We'll answer your question on the air. Or you can email us at drgene@hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, there is another way. We have a website also called Hensler.com. There's lots of information on there. Uh, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you might uh, log in to Hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can get all kind of information from taxes to financial planning to saving strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, if none of that works and you still have questions, you can default back to that phone number that I gave you and ask Michael or Jennifer uh, if they could help you more specifically. Again, that number is 770-429-9166. So, guys, we were talking about the situation with Bill Murray. Um, He mentions in here something. He's he's got a well-diversified portfolio, but he's also got three different accounts. He's got a uh, a brokerage account, which is taxable, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Does he need that many accounts? Is there some reason why? No, it's a, it's a great thing to have. I mean, it definitely gives him different vehicles to pull from. Uh, with the money being in the traditional IRA, as we've said, that has to be pulled out at 72 uh, now. And with having the other money in other places, it may actually help him only, you know, he'll only have to pull the minimum distribution out of that account that could be a smaller amount because that's going to be taxed to him at ordinary income rates when he pulls it out at 72 generates income for you just as if your job correct it's almost like getting a a paycheck that the government's making you take out of your retirement account okay well it's taxed in the same way right exactly exactly and then the roth you you don't have to pay any taxes on on that so you know if he had a lot of money in the roth he could supplement his income by pulling uh, from that account, and that wouldn't have a, a tax impact on him. And then the obviously the taxable account, uh, that money, you can pull that in and out, you know, but if you sell stocks in there, you do have to pay capital gains tax on the uh, any gain associated with the stock in right. that portfolio. Right. And there's been some rumors that we might see a change in the way that uh, capital gains are taxed at some point. We keep hearing that. Yeah. I keep getting a lot of questions about that, but until it happens, we don't really know. Right. All right. Well, and, you know, and and even if it changes now, which it has changed in the past, you know, then it can change again. But we're always looking at whatever the current tax law is, and... 
but you know currently if you have losses you can offset gains with losses so you can you can use a strategy where you're selling a stock while it's down uh, to offset some of your gains wait 31 days then buy it back um, that you know would take away some of the gains and you could reinvest it into that same stock if you uh, mm-hmm. continued to want to hold it um, but it just having the different accounts gives you the flexibility based on whatever the current laws are at the time or your current situation and whether or not it's going to put you into a higher tax bracket if you do something just having that diversification between accounts just gives you that flexibility of being able to take advantage of whatever is best for you at that time Jennifer, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it also brings another thought. Uh, Bill, in this case, has used mutual funds for his investment vehicle so that he's buying basically a portfolio of, of stocks. And we know last year that the S&P 500 was up, you know, mm-hmm. it was up 18.4%. But there were lots and lots of individual stocks that actually were negative. Down, but... So if you've got the mutual fund and the overall return is positive that's a good thing you won um but it does limit to some degree how much you can manage your tax situation Mm -hmm. and i know we usually use individual securities individual stocks in uh, portfolios basically uh, creating a mutual fund per individual account uh you know is probably the better way to to describe that. So you might have a situation, Jennifer, as you mentioned, where you've got a gain for the year, but some of the individual pieces underlying are at a loss. And with that being the case, you could sell off uh, some of the some of the losers to offset the winners that you might have uh, harvested as you rebalanced your account through mm-hmm. the year, right? But, but he might mm-hmm. not have that yeah, it sounds, he it might sounds not, as if he, he does He might have a right. fund that's down. He could, yeah. You know. And, you know, assuming that you dollar costs averaged in, uh, you can use individual tax lots mm-hmm. as right. well. So, you know, don't right. don't just look at the overall picture. Go back and figure out, you know, when you bought these. And there might be some times, especially if it were... You know, if you were selling at the at the bottom, uh, you know, you might have had some some losses that you could have taken uh, during that time to rebalance Absolutely. your portfolio. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a it's a strategy. Like I say, it wasn't something that we had planned to talk about, but it's a, absolutely a legitimate situation mm-hmm. here. Um, and Bill, we would encourage you to to figure that out. Um, Michael, you said something earlier. There's um. A, when when you talk about uh, liquidity or the ten year rule, mm-hmm. uh, how in the world do you put together a ten year rule if you don't have a financial plan? It makes it really difficult, right? It, it would make it very difficult. I mean, you know, because we look at at all of your spending, all of your income, and you know what we project the accounts to grow to, and we take all that into account, and then you know we we show you this is what you need to set aside. For, for 10 years of liquidity. I mean, honestly, that would be very hard to do uh, on your own, on your own, uh, if I could speak properly, uh, you know, because we, you know, we build in, you know, an inflation rate on your spending annually and everything else. I mean, that that's a hard thing to do. You can, I mean, you look, you can say, I spend $50,000 a year, um, you know, and, and, and do the math and have that set aside for 10 years, but you probably don't need 
that much money because you're going to be getting income off your portfolio, um, you know, Social Security income, Dividends, possibly right? dividend income, Social Security income. There's other factors that go into, you know, how much you actually need for 10 years of liquidity. So what you're talking about is a, a very complex and complete financial plan. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we would base your your uh, the money that you need to set aside in fixed income. If you do it that efficiently, we believe that it probably allows you to help your wealth grow faster instead of just using a rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, everybody's situation is a little bit different. And, uh, you know, if you were making a pension, if you were drawing a pension, you might not need all that much money on a yearly basis, right? Absolutely. Relative to somebody that doesn't have a pension. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why you can't just go, you know, off a certain number. I'm 75 years old. I need to have 50% of my money in the market and 50% of my money out of the market. I mean, that's just not the way it works um, because that might not be the case. You may need more or less. Right. Depending on, you know, your, your needs. Yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much wraps that one up. But, Michael, we do have some other questions. If uh, if you don't get to this one all the way, we'll take a break in the middle. But uh, I do want to go ahead and get started toward it. Uh, Natasha from Cumming has written us and says, Should I keep contributing to my 401k even though my employer cut the matching contribution? Are there better options? Well, and we can elaborate on this, but the short answer of this is you should absolutely keep contributing to your 401k if you can. And I'm going to tell you one very important reason why, and that's because if you stop and they start matching again, you may or may not go back to doing it because you start getting that extra money in your paycheck and you're not going to want to let it go. And that's stick with a habit. That's a problem. And, you know, and I don't know if this is a, you know, a permanent thing from your employer, but a lot of people, uh, you know, stopped the match uh, last year, uh, you know, when the pandemic happened. And I've heard from a lot of people that they are starting to come back this year. So I wouldn't be discouraged. uh, And I would certainly continue to, to, to do that. All right. Well, um, we're going to. And the money is still going to grow tax deferred. Right. Inside there. Yeah. We always uh, characterize that matching as kind of a a free money, a gift to you, if you will. But uh, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll flesh the rest of this out. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Michael Griffin and Jennifer Thomas, and we've been talking about uh, several financial concepts. If uh, you have questions about your own financial situation, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us on our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. You'll get our voice recording 
Uh, leave your message, including your question. We'll play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Um, if you prefer to call and talk to a human, you can do that. 770-429-9166 is our number. Uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and she'll direct your information to us, and we'll answer on the air. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website, hensler.com, spelled in the same way, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, Michael, before the break, we were talking about a uh, question from Natasha who lives in coming, uh, basically wanting to know if she should continue contributing to her 401k, even though her employer has dropped their matching contribution. Uh, not uncommon in a pandemic. Uh, fears of, you know, not having enough cash flow. Several businesses have done this. Yes. Um, as I said, you know, we kind of characterize that uh, that matching contributions all along as being free money. It's a hundred percent return on your absolute zero input, right? Absolutely. You're, you're getting Absolutely. free money. You, you certainly need to do that. But if they, if they've cut it and you know, this just says cut, this doesn't say suspended. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they took it from five to three. Well, you're still getting 3% yeah. free money. And, you know, and my big thing that I talked about before the break was if you stop you know, are you going to go back to doing it when yeah. they increase the match again? I mean, I think that's the most important thing. The other thing that I want you to think about is how, what is the financial security of your company? I mean, if they are cutting the match, I mean, is, is that just due to the pandemic or is that, is that another reason? Is that another reason for you to be concerned? I mean, I, I hope not. And hopefully they'll start doing it again this year as the economy continues to right. to take off. But that's something that you know you want to consider but as long as you're in a financial situation where you can keep contributing we certainly think you should that money's going to grow uh you know tax deferred in that account um and uh and we think you should certainly continue to do that well i don't know of very many situations where number one you can get a pension these days and number two if they're giving you a 401k to me it doesn't say this here uh, natasha didn't elaborate but it doesn't say that you know, they have a pension. I would assume that if you got a 401k, you don't. So right. that tells me that you are the captain of your own retirement ship. Mm -hmm. uh, you are not going to help yourself no. by not saving to your retirement. All it's done is kind of backed away from from the amount of money that you are saving for your future. So, um, you know, as Michael said, obviously, first things come to mind. Uh, is it your company specifically? Uh, it could be the industry. I mean, we've seen a lot of industries hurt throughout, um, uh, it, but, you know, it might be a little bit of time for soul searching. Are you working at the right place? But uh, absolutely keep saving your money no matter what um, yes. is, is going to be the best advice. Because, because you, you won't. I, I promise you, if you quit, you won't go back to doing it. Yeah, inertia. Yes. If you're doing it now, keep doing it. If yes. you weren't doing it, then try to break that inertia. Because you're you're not going to save it somewhere else. I mean, this is gonna this is gonna be spent. Yeah. I can I can just assure you. Well, and Michael, where is I think about it? You everyone has the opportunity to save to a taxable account, a brokerage account, mm -hmm. if you will, right? Absolutely. What is the most common account that you see in clients? Portfolio. It's a retirement account. Yeah, every time, right? It's either an IRA that was rolled over from a 401k mm -hmm. 
or it's the 401k itself. I have some yeah, clients that some just cases, have retirement it's accounts. It's the only account they have. Yeah, right. That's, Jennifer, that's exactly what I was just saying. I said some of my clients only have a retirement account. Yeah. I was just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that already earlier. It's best to kind of spread it around, but that's that to me is indicative of human nature. It's the easiest way to save. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. They take it right out of your paycheck. You don't ever see the money. Yeah. Uh, definitely don't do it to spite the company because they they're not going to be hurt. The only person hurting this is you if you quit saving. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got another question here. Lauren from Roswell says, uh, around November of 2019, uh, I acquired some shares of Slack Technologies. I'll have made a profit if I sell today. Uh, do I hang on to this or wait uh, for the acquisition of Salesforce, um, basically, uh, it's a great question. There, there are a lot of folks that uh, would live by the school that if you see a company acquired, go ahead and sell it. Uh, what I would tell you is you might want to look uh, at the underlying details. Um, Slack actually announced the purchase of, uh, I mean, Salesforce announced the purchase of Slack, their intention on December 1st of 2020 at a premium of 60.48%. So basically, it was selling at the mark in the market at a certain price. Uh, Salesforce came along and said, we're going to buy it. We're going to buy a controlling interest. Uh, this gets a, a little bit geeky, but you know, there's a reason that you would pay more than the going market price, and only because you're going to take control of the business. Um, and they paid a 60% premium to, uh, to shares selling on the market that day. However... What happened is the price spiked. Michael, this wouldn't surprise you, right? No. Uh, so the the premium left in the company is about 3.5% at this point. Um, when it comes down to that, and you've got until July of 21, the end of July 21, when the deal is supposed to close, you're actually better off just to go ahead uh, you know, brag about your gains. Take your profits. Take your profits and reinvest the money somewhere else, unless it is that you want to hold Salesforce stock, and maybe even now would be the time to do that. You know, go ahead and sell your Slack and uh, and buy it back. Now, I will tell you, there's others in the market um, uh, that that are a little more near and dear to us. We recommend shares in our small and mid portfolio of Xilinx, uh, the company on uh, October 27th uh, announced that it was going to be bought out by Advanced Micro Devices. Uh, the premium at the time was almost 35%, but um, it only realized about 25% of that premium, so there's 10% left over. In a deal like that, part of the reason is it's a stock deal. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get some cash, but you're going to get stock. stock right. And when that comes into play there's kind of a mathematical equation behind the scenes and it's going to depend on the shares of the buying company in this case advanced micro devices uh so you know if there's a 10 percent premium left uh it's a whole lot different than if there's three percent more more often you see two and a half something Mm -hmm. like that but in either case uh we've got a situation here where um i i believe you know, to answer directly, 
go ahead and sell your shares of uh, Slack mm-hmm. and find Agreed. something new. Hopefully you have as much success. I mean, a 60% one-day return is absolutely awesome. It happens sometimes. And it's uh, long-term. She's got she's kept it long-term at this point. So yeah, and that's, a, that's another great 2019, point. so it became long-term. November of 2020, we're in the first part of 2021 now, so right. yep. you know, no no short term gains on that. So I'm yep. with you. I'd under under uh, current tax law, uh, you're going to get the preferred treatment of uh, long term capital gains, and um, you can take your money and walk away. So uh, that being the case, you know, the the answer is not always going to be the same. Basically, the reason that I pointed out is, uh, you know, sometimes it makes perfect sense to go ahead and sell. And sometimes it doesn't, but you got to do a little bit of homework, figure out what you're what you're expected to get. And there's other things that come into play as well. Sometimes regulators, Department of Justice, uh, decide that no, you can't have this transaction. That's yeah. true, and that would that would send the company yeah. in the other direction. Absolutely. Quickly. If it's a, a hostile bid, I would say there's reason that you might stick around because most of those hostile bids don't go right to to the uh, premium that's announced immediately. All right, well, that's going to be about all the time we have. Jennifer, what do you say, market up or down this week? I'm going to go up. Michael, come on, man. Let's keep the uptrend going, Troy. I mean, it's been good. I'm I'm the broken record. I like up. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll talk to you next week. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.